What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of What Do They Know Podcast. Today, the guys will react to all the action from around the league, including their take on some overreactions. They'll also list out their top five teams through the first two weeks and give you some fantasy standouts from this week. But hey, what do they know? What do they know? Well, we are about to find out what's going on, everybody. This is the What Do They Know podcast. My name is Nick Hoskins. I'm with my buddy over here, Jeff Garcia. Uh, welcome to week two. How are you, man? How was your week? Uh, quite eventful. You know, you got your work and stuff like that. So you just focus on what you need to focus on and then look forward to the, the end of the week, which is football season. I know. That's that's you the know? thing is it's 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 a it's bittersweet, right? Because every during the week, I'm always looking forward to Sundays nope. to watch football. But then it's like Sunday's over and I'm like, dang it. Now I gotta go back yeah, to that, work. That, yep. Week refreshes. It's just a vicious cycle. Yep. And I gotta give a <laughs> before we start. I gotta give a shout out to my boy Steve. He okay. he gave me a link, a sneaky link to to view all these uh, games whenever I want or wherever I'm at. So even at work, awesome. management, you didn't you didn't hear that. Awesome, Steve. But, the federal government's probably looking into yeah. you now because of Jeff. Um, <laughs> but at, you're boy. welcome. Atta you're boy. welcome, Steve. You're welcome, Steve. <laughs> um, all right. Well, good. Good for Steve. Good for you. Oh, I absolutely um, don't have that link. But that's okay. <laughs> Not the link. Um, all right, let's kick it off. We we're gonna we're gonna officially term this segment Jeff's random thought oh. um, to kick off our show because I don't have random thoughts usually, right. and Jeff just has a million of them running through his head. So um, give us give us your random thought this week. I live and breathe random thoughts. This is where this gets me through the day <laughs> during the week and the week until we get to. So Sundays. All right, let's um, hear it. So this week, uh, basically, I'm thinking about um, all those commercials about kids' toys back when we were kids. Uh, those '90s retro type of commercials, and you know the sock and boppers, and like yep. the yep. I guess little UFO type yeah, of things. Yeah, my dad and I used to go at it with each other on those things. And yep. Yeah. So yeah. So like, wait, you had some of them? I had some. Oh, see, I've never met a soul. <laughs> I even I never met a soul. Oh, I had them. Who had yeah. like sock and bobbers and all these things that that were advertised on those on those commercials type of thing. Yep. So let me. That shake was your hand. random thought. Let me shake your well, hand. Hello, sir. Hi. Nice uh, to meet you. Honestly, I always wondered like I'm that who, person. Yep, you're that guy. <laughs> I'm the I'm you're, the infomercial guy. I'm the, the one, infomercial I'm, guy. I'm the one that bought them. Actually. You're the ones who kept the kept them in business for a while. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Oh. Ah. Stand by, people. Stand by. Technical, Technical difficulties with our microphone. Right. There you go. All right, we're back. But yeah. Um. In terms of like wanting things, I think a lot of the kids wanted a lot of the stuff, the toys that were advertised. But I always wondered, like, who gets who, these who things? Ended up buying who, them? who gets these? How are these guys keep, keeping right. uh, these commercials going? So, I know it's called random thought, so it kind of goes without saying. But what made you think of that? Uh, videos, basically. Okay. Videos, like, you know, one thing leads to another type of thing, and then like, oh, this connects to this, connects to that, and then, and then, boom. It's just one of those things that <laughs> All right. that's why I always have a random thought. That's every why week. It's called Jeff's random thought folks, because he's always got some random stuff going on up there. <laughs> Sometimes it's scary. All right. Well, good. Um, we will dive into week two. Um, lots of stuff to go over. Lots of football. I, I we got to watch a, a good amount of the action today. So we'll have some good, some good breakdown, some good analysis. Um, we will start by answering a question that was sent in. It was actually sent in after last week, after week one, after we had already recorded. Um, but we'll kind of address last week and this week because this this team um, kind of had a had a big game today, um, right. and it was all about the Giants. Um, you know, the person that sent in the question wanted. You know, she was 
pretty pretty depressed after week one and rightfully so <laughs> right wanting yeah, wanting to know if there was anything that we saw a positive from that game obviously we were recording while we were watching the game yeah. um so we were i, I know reacting to some of it kind of in the moment um but i mean as far as week one goes i'll just say no like i didn't the one i let me let me let me take a step back the one positive thing i saw was that first drive before the before the block field goal right, right. because their run game was yeah. was actually you know moving it on dallas um and then the block field goal happened and it all kind of just you Fell know apart, snowballed from there unraveled type of thing. um yep. so really not a whole lot to be happy about last week um and it started out more of the same this week right um they were down 20 to 8 um i was really sweating my giants analysis um <laughs> during the nfc east breakdown because if you remember i thought pretty highly of the giants um and they were laying an egg today to the cardinals of all teams who are basically openly tanking right. um in an attempt to get caleb williams um so that was going to be a whole different conversation but um and they were down 20 to 8 in with like nine minutes left in the game um yeah oh well i mean i think i saw the excuse me the... 28 to 8 excuse me 28 yeah. to 8 okay um yeah so huge comeback from the giants today um to, to win 31 28 last second field goal to basically keep their season alive um Obviously, Daniel Jones played really well. They did lose Saquon today, um, so we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Um, but what are your what are your thoughts on the Giants so far? Yeah, in terms of last week, it was pretty uh, brutal to, to watch live, even during our recordings. It was just all Dallas after yeah. that first drive. Yep. Um, obviously, you, you'd you'd have to challenge um, the Giants' uh, mental, I guess, attitude and Toughness, fortitude. Yeah. Uh, uh, type of situation and i mean they bounced back in a big way today they had they faced the same uh sort of adversity and yeah. and uh game uh outline that happened today with the with the cardinals with the cardinals jumping out big ahead pretty early um but yeah they rebounded today obviously it's against lesser competition uh cardinals compared to the cowboys um but in terms of at least putting up a fight and then coming back and even winning that game. The Giants showed a lot of resilient resilience today. So positives last week, I'd take it with a grain of salt type of thing. Um, I mean, it's just one of those things that just snowballed on top of them. And they, they, they just spiraled out of control and they just couldn't stop it for regardless of what they did. But today they put a, put a clamp on that and really rebounded it in a big way, in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, like I said, I think it's not, you know, dramatic to say that they really saved their season today. Right. Um, you lose to the Cardinals and all of a sudden you're asking questions about, about that locker room or Dayball and, and everybody else in that coach and that country staff in uh, the front office. Yep. So uh, yeah, to say that's a overstatement, I would, I, it's week two type of thing, but at the same time, that's an opponent opponent you, you should be. Yeah. And it was more important, not only going on two, but next week you have the Niners on Thursday night football on a short week. Mm -hmm. um, so that's more than likely Owen three staring you right in the face. Right. Um, so at least they have a win going into that, that tough game against the Niners. So absolutely. Um, thank you for the question. Um, we will jump into um, some of our top stories from this week. Mm -hmm. um, some of the things that we saw that just jumped out to us. Um, I'll let you go first with with what you have on your radar from from this week. Okay. Well, in terms of me, I got the Bills and the Seahawks both uh, uh, coming back from, uh, I guess, week one duds yeah. uh, that they had. Um, yeah. The Bills with uh, the Jets uh, and then the Seahawks with uh, the Rams over there in Seattle. So um, they came back. They, 
Bills handled the Raiders pretty handily, and then the Seahawks uh, had to go into overtime to beat the Lions, but I think the Lions are going to be great anyway. So that was a really hard-fought battle there. So just two two teams that are going to be in, in dogfights for the top of their, their division. Um, I think it's, it showed a lot of uh, character for them to come back and, and – and uh, put up a W. Well, yeah, Josh Allen looked a lot better today too, right? I mean, obviously, we didn't really get a chance to talk about Monday's game, but he was a, a turnover machine on Monday. Four four total turnovers. Yep. Um, his his completion percentage today was through the roof. Um, made good decisions. I don't think he turned the ball over at all today. Nope. Um, he did have one. I know uh, a lot of a lot of analysts were also criticizing how he puts his body in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Um, after Monday, he did have one what I would call like Superman type of dive today. So he's still, you know, doing that. Right. I think that really needs to stop. But as far as being careless with the ball, um, he didn't really do that today. He was maybe just a little careless with his body. Um, right. I mean, after last week, I honestly, I was talking to Steve and, and a couple of the guys at work about firing McDermott type of thing. Like you, you have the jets who, I mean, no offense to you guys, but Zach Wilson is definitely a step down or, or two from Aaron Rodgers, And you basically had that entire franchise, on their knees when Aaron Rodgers came down and to let that game slip away from you like that. It was really, I don't know how to, and you had this whole Stefan Diggs thing coming into the, into from the off season into, into the season. So it was just one of those things where it's like, how, how do you even believe in, in the coach at that point? Um, and uh, honestly, they, they had some tempered expectations about the bills coming into this year anyway. And I mean, we both talked about it, right? Yep. And I mean, big picture going into the season, you probably look at the Jets and you settle for a one and one split uh, season series. So, but to lose in that manner, um, when you had Aaron Rodgers go down after four plays, basically having no impact on that game, it it, it was rough. But they came back big in today. So, um, yeah, definitely settling down uh, what they want to do. What. Uh, during the course of the season. Yeah, it's funny. You know, obviously we didn't really get a chance to talk about that game. And, um, you know, me being a Jets fan, I was all <laughs> over the place on oh, Monday. Yeah. I, I did a little uh, impromptu reaction to that game um, and posted it on Tuesday, just kind of going over my thoughts. But right. I was all over the place on Monday. To your point, you're right. There's no there's no reason the Jets should have won that game. Mm. Um, when Rodgers goes down and the, the whole air gets let out of the entire stadium, um, the Bills should have should have won that game and won it handily. Should have mm. never even been close. Right. Um, so for them to come back at today obviously was impressive and shows them. But but what I was getting at is you know after that game obviously I was pumped up. I was clapping. There's there's a funny video of me on my on my home Nest camera reacting to the to the punt return touchdown <laughs> in which I basically woke up my entire house. But um, after I kind of calmed down and really thought about it, I was like you know I'm after this game I'm still more optimistic about the Bills season than I am the Jets. Mm-hmm. And I think today kind of showed that um with with both games. Right. And we'll get into the we'll get into the Jets and Dallas game a little bit a little bit later. But um no Jets gear, by the way. No Jets gear <laughs> no. today. So <laughs> that shows people uh, what happened. You guys can can figure that out. Um yeah, without even looking at the scoreboard. Without even looking at the scoreboard. That should <laughs> tell you what happened or I guess what didn't happen today. Right. Um but yeah I, I think that the Bills are gonna be fine. The Seahawks might my, my I'm still not as sold on the Seahawks as I was to start the season. Right. Um, I had them as a playoff team and and I would say that that's not a certainty at this point based Mm -hmm. off of the first two weeks, but 
Um, they def both teams definitely bounce back. Um, right. Okay. My two, two top headlines this week. Number one, I think Anthony Richardson is legit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we talked about it briefly last week about how, you know, they were, I think 10 minutes away from knocking off Jacksonville. Right. Um, he played played well last week and then obviously he left today's game with a concussion. So he didn't get to play a full game, but in the short amount of time he played, he had two, um, I think it was over 20 yard rushing touchdowns, um, Um, and had them up 14, nothing before, before he left because of injury. So, um, we talked a lot about how dynamic a conversation the conversation was around him before the season everybody's you know we had so many people saying oh he's terrible i don't know why he even got drafted in the top 10 right and then we had people saying he's going to be phenomenal and so far he's leaning towards that way right um he didn't you know um obviously they lost against jacksonville last week they they were able to beat the the texans today even with him going out for injury but in the time that he's played he's looked great um, and I've been, I've actually been really, really surprised because before the season, I heard more negative than I did positive right. about him. There's definitely a lot of questions. Um, and I think that he's showing up way sooner than people predicted. I think that yep. um, Indianapolis fans have reason to be very, very excited. Right. Um, if he can stay healthy, because if you remember the way the game landed, ended last season, uh, last week, he he went out after a vicious hit against Jacksonville towards the goal line, you mm-hmm. know, really being careless with his body. And ended up um, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew came in, I think, for the fourth down play, like right at the end of the game. And you know, Richardson was on the sideline because he had just gotten hurt. And, and then obviously today, um, he he left because of injury. So he definitely needs to kind of learn very very quickly about taking care of his body. Right. Um, but I think he, I, I am, he's one of my biggest surprises so far this yeah, year, this year. Honestly, out of the three like uh, rookie quarterbacks that were taken on top four, C.J. Stroud. Um, Bryce Young and uh, Anthony Richardson. I figured he was the biggest likelihood to be a bust. To be honest, um, no offense to one hundred percent or anything. One hundred percent. There's just so many question marks there in terms of his arm and his accuracy and all that stuff, and um, whether he was going to turn into um, just something that to give hope for the fans rather than a legit um, quarterback. But he's proving the doubters wrong. He's proving us wrong. I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I had a lot of questions with that, um, but. Um, yeah, and as long as he keeps himself healthy, which is going to be a big, yep. I guess. Well, now adjustment. he's got to be in the protocol, right? Yeah, he's got to show that he can come back concussion. and play. Yep, it's going to be a big adjustment because, like with Josh Allen, they tell him to tone it down, but it's just you, the way he plays. Just the way you, yep. you've um, been taught to to go one hundred percent every play, and and sometimes that that backfires on you, and even for the worst of it, but. With a concussion, it's those things can pile up pretty fast. So he's he's gonna have to take it a little bit slow yep. and rely more on that on that arm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Future. So I'm excited about him. I hope I hope he's able to get back out there week three so we can see what he can do. Um, right. My second biggest story, uh, my second top story of the week, um, is Micah Parsons. And I mean the way I I have I don't watch a ton of Dallas games, right? <laughs> I, and even last week when we were recording, right. I really didn't. We weren't that invested. We weren't you know. Really didn't get to watch it in detail. Obviously, being a Jet fan, I watched that entire game today. Right. And Micah Parsons is a specimen. Like that <laughs> oh, that yeah. dude is amazing. He's a game wrecker. And quite honestly, if he keeps playing the way he has the first two weeks, he should win MVP. Not forget yeah, defensive, defensive player. player of the year. Forget yeah. defensive player of the year. Yeah, he should MVP. win MVP. Right. Because he, he. I mean, we got to put it in perspective, right? The the Jets' O line is not anything special, but right. he wrecked that game. 
John, oh, yeah. uh, Zach Wilson had zero time to throw at all today. Yeah, single-handedly. Yep. At all. He yep. single-handedly, and, and he kind of catapults the rest of the defense, right? When when he's rushing the quarterback and putting pressure and, and blocking blocking lanes and all that, then the line, the other linebackers get to feast. The cornerbacks get to feast off of right. bad throws, and so it all kind of plays a part. And he is the one that, that kicks that off because he – I mean, my goodness, I, I was I was really I truly was blown away by watching him play today. Right. Um. So that and and just the Dallas defense as a whole, obviously, he's a large, large part of that. All right. But Dallas's defense is is very, very good. Yep. And as all football people know and say, it starts in the trenches type of thing. 100%. And, and Michael Parsons is a is just a force to be reckoned with down there and on that defensive line. So and we saw Last week with the Giants, I mean, there's a reason they shut them out. Even yep. and, and that defense scored about what thirty points in fantasy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's and they probably were pretty close today too. Yeah, in, in terms of that, so it's just one of those things where it starts up front. And Michael Parsons is there's no there's not really a lot more uh, guys you can build better be better off building around than Michael Parsons. Yeah. Side note, um, we know how much money. Uh, Nick Bosa just got from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. My goodness, you're gonna have to double that for Micah, <laughs> Mike for, for Micah Parsons. Holy smokes, that dude is is just. Fin- I mean, Zach Wilson didn't stand a chance today. Right, didn't yeah. stand a chance. Yeah, coming in. I mean, obviously, coming in, you had Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback, but so Zach Wilson coming in with a week of preparation and what short week, short week. It's just still one of those things where no, not I don't feel like any amount of time can prepare you for. A person like Michael Parsons that's just gonna blow up every single play that you're in and be in your face all day. And I, I mean, credit, I know I had questions about the Jets' offensive line coming into the season. Yep. But at the same time, Michael Parsons just picked them apart in, in every facet. Yep. Um. So sure did. Um. We'll see if the Jets can make some uh, adjustments and whatnot. But it really hurts. This is the types of things where it hurts to not have Rodgers because I feel like Rodgers can definitely pick apart. Um, what he's going to try to Mike Parsons is trying to do and adjust the O line, um, slow down that pass rush right. at least a little bit, right? Yeah. And so it, it's one of those things. But Zach Wilson, for the most part, I felt like even with Michael Parsons being there, he felt I felt like he was looked a little more composed than what we've seen him in the past. So yeah. uh, it was just one of those things where it was just a bad matchup overall. Yeah, I mean uh, that game as a whole, we can kind of you know just quickly break down you know. I was very impressed with Zach Wilson up until the last, what, 10, 11 minutes of the game when it was completely just yeah, out of yeah, reach. Yeah, he was just right? trying to force He was trying to make something out of nothing. Right. Um, and he ended up throwing a couple picks. So his stat line, in my opinion, looks way worse than it was. Right. Um, because the few, the few times that he did have a spot to actually step and just make a solid throw, mm-hmm. obviously at that 68-yard touchdown to, to Garrett Wilson, he looked great there. Um, he, he, he actually led a surprisingly good two minute drive at the end of the first half where they able to get a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, it took off and scrambled a couple times, made some good decisions, quick decisions to, to use his legs. Right. Um, made some, he had one throw to Alan Lazard on the sideline to end up getting called back for holding, but it was, it was just a dime. It was a, just a beautiful throw. Yeah. And so he, he actually of all things, I was most concerned about him today. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he is not the reason they lost that game. I, I would argue that their defense that is supposed to be phenomenal um, is the reason they lost that Light game because they bit. couldn't stop a nosebleed today. Right. Um, Dallas, Dallas's offense just picked them apart in any which way that they wanted to. Yeah, CD Lamb feasted today. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> he, he found, he sure he found did. holes all over the place, and he waited there for Dak Prescott to 
give them the ball. And they had a uh, Tony Pollard and um, Vaughn. I can't remember his first name. Deuce. But Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. Yep. Thank you. Um, kind of running down their throats and running it on the edges and whatnot. So uh, yeah, they they definitely had their way with the Jets defense. Today. Yeah, I I expected it, I it wouldn't have surprised me if you told me that the Jets were going to lose that game, but I kind of expected it to be a one possession game right. or maybe a ten point game. Right. Um, but gosh, not the way not the way that it went today. So that was a that that aspect of it was a little surprising. But overall, I I was not I didn't walk away shaking my head saying oh my gosh we're doomed for the whole season right because i don't think it's going to be I, th- I don't think zach wilson played that terribly today i really don't right i i think the defense obviously they and they're limited to errors and whatnot so because of the offense no offense to zach wilson but he's not going to put up the points that maybe aaron Rodgers would have right. would have had when, right. if he was healthy but it's just going to be rather than that defense i think it's going to be how far those tackles in the offensive line is going to carry this team because if they they can't adjust and hold and hold the fort then it's that, that offense has no chance of scoring many points, and all of a sudden the defense is going to look more terrible than what it is because all of a sudden the offense is going three and out, making turnovers, and and, and th- that's just longer. Romo even said it at, in the fourth quarter, right? He said the the Jets' defense just looks exhausted. Yeah, they've been out there the whole game. They yep. had a couple long drives. Dallas did, and then you know you have a long drive on on for for Dallas. You're on the field the whole time, yep. and then your offense turns around and goes three and out. I mean, yeah, you, know, it, you don't like, stand a chance when you do that. Yeah, it doesn't matter time. what defense you have. If they're exhausted, they're not going <laughs> to. And being on offense is lo- definitely a lot more fun than defense. So those guys are always going to be, I guess, uh, coming up with with spurts of energy like C.D. Lamb and, and whatnot, Tony Pollard. Yep. So it's just one of those things where you got to hope for the offensive line to, to adjust and be better. Yep. All right, so those are our top stories from this week. Now we're going to we're kind of introduce a new segment. We're going to call this the Prisoner of the Moment segment where basically – you know, you're you're reacting right away to what you saw, and maybe it's an overreaction. So we're going to each throw out some statements that maybe we, you know, we're going to throw them out, and then the other person has to tell us if if they think that that's an overreaction or not. Right. Um. So I'll let you go. I'll let you go with with your statements first, and I will answer if I think it's an overreaction or not. Okay. So my first one is going to be to fire Brandon Saley from uh, the Chargers. That's not an overreaction at all. <laughs> I don't even now. have to think about that. Fire him now. I don't even have to think yep. about that. Um, a week one, I won't really necessarily put on him, right? That was a, a, a dog fight between two high flying offenses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they lost to the Titans today who I don't think is, is really going to go. No, they, they're anywhere. not a contender really for the AFC. And, you know, I saw a tweet today that, that, basically said what you said in our breakdowns of the AFC West is that every single year the Chargers lose in the weirdest way every single week. I'm telling you. I, and I, that's I, coaching, yep. right? That's that comes down to coaching. Like when you when you lose a game that you shouldn't have lost, you would feel like in it some is. Fa- in yep. some form or fashion, that's yep. coaching. It's just such a, such a weird thing because the Chargers have been losing this like this and for for years even before Staley. So it, it's just one of those things where it's just like a bug that just does not there's no reason wanna, yep. there's no reason that team should be owned to. No. There's no they have way too much talent on offense. They mm-hmm. have pieces on defense. All right. There's no way that they should be owned to. Yeah. Um just at the end of the day and I think it could be something as simple as like like take um take Trevor Lawrence for example. Mm-hmm. He did not granted he was a rookie, but when he had Urban Meyer as his head coach yeah. My goodness, he looked terrible, right? And then you bring in Doug Peterson last year, first mm-hmm. year in the offense. Trevor Lawrence looked like a completely different quarterback. And I think that could be a situation for Herbert. Not that he looks horrible, right? He doesn't. Right. But I just think that shows what he could become. 
is if he has a different head coach who maybe puts more of an emphasis on him and is, is a better teacher and, and creates that the right environment for, for Justin Herbert. I think that mm-hmm. that team, that team should be explosive. Right. Yeah. The offense, I, I feel like that offense is always the solution, but <laughs> at some point, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just, they can never score enough to, to compensate for how, how, how they get outplayed somehow. Um, and yeah, it goes down to coaching and I think they need someone that I guess knows how to win type of thing where they know how to close out games, um, especially in the fourth quarter, because the fourth quarter is where they always lose it. It's not even the first three quarters. It's the fourth quarter that always bites yep. them yep. right, right there. And, and they just can never cross that finish. They line were winning the majority playing. of the day today. Yep. They, they, they can never win without face playing at the, at the end of the day. And that, that's just it, like you said, it comes down to coaching, but I think there's something there, there's just something going on there in terms of a curse that I just cannot shake. Yep. <laughs> Um, and then my second overreaction is um, Bears should move on from Justin Fields. Whew. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. They're, uh, they're 0-2 now. That's, Justin, a, that's a good one. <laughs> Justin he, Fields, ha- I mean, he's looked all right, but it looks like he still wants to run the ball rather than pass the ball type of thing. It's just one of those things where I, I'm not sure if um, trading away that number one overall pick was – I mean, you got a lot of pieces, but would you rather start fresh? Got a lot of pieces. Um, Yeah, I think right now the hottest hot seat, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. in football is the front office of the Bears. (laughs) I really do. I really do. Because and we talked about this during the breakdowns, right? When we were talking about uh, the NFC North, Mm -hmm. I brought that up. I said one of the things that when when you pass, when you trade the number one pick and you have an unproven quarterback, you better be right. And so far, again, it's only been two two games. It's a short sample size or a small sample size, but he hasn't he has not taken that next step. No, he's their still- offense looks stagnant. They're not putting up points. He's not. You don't see those electric highlight plays that you saw last year. So you could even right. argue. You could even argue he's taking a step back. Yeah, I think he had like four rushes for like three yards. Yeah, and, and it's just like you take away his biggest, uh, I guess, asset, which is his legs. All of a sudden, he becomes. You force him to become a quarterback type of thing, and I'm not sure he's ready for that level of uh, of of throwing and, and being a complete quarterback type of thing. But he threw in two interceptions today, and it's just one of those things where uh, they're putting they're trying to put pieces around him, but at the same time, is Justin Fields going to be the answer at the end, end of the day? So I heard something very interesting, and I'll give ESPN Radio credit for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard it this week, and and this is a little. Obviously, in the in front offices, you're always forward thinking, right? You're not just thinking this season. You're thinking two, three, four years in advance. Right. I heard someone bring up this week that um, obviously the so the GM Ryan Poles of the Bears he mm-hmm. did not draft Justin Fields, no. right? So it's not his choice. Um, it's not quote you know his guy, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the arguments made this week was that the the reason they did what they did and they traded all these picks they traded the number one pick they got dj Moore. was that the jury was still out on justin fields and they got all these picks because they feel that next year's quarterback draft is a better draft class and so they're going to use this year to evaluate him Mm -hmm. and they have picks to potentially move up and get one of the good quarterbacks next year if they need to yeah they already have their number one wide receiver too and exactly so that was really interesting to me um because that that could be the only reason that i would that would explain to me why you would trade the number one pick if you weren't one thousand percent sold on Justin Fields already, right? Because right? if you're doing that, you're 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 you have to be sold on him, right? Unless it's this scenario that they're describing, which 
again, that's pretty forward thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's a, a very, um, interesting way to, to examine your team and yeah, to it's prepare. like a plan B type of yeah, thing. And, it is. and I mean, obviously you don't want that sort of information to get out because you got Justin Fields. You're, right. You're saying you I'm putting all my eggs in that basket and you're my guy type of thing. Yep. But at the same time, the it's almost, team's going on. It's almost as if they're looking at it as a win-win, right? So the yeah. first best case scenario, Justin Fields blows up this year. He's the guy you get, you have your quarterback. Worst yeah, case yeah. scenario, you still have picks to move on and get get your guy next year. Mm -hmm. So they kind of look at it as a win win. Right. Um, that's an interesting an interesting storyline for me. Um, but I think that so so to answer your question, I don't I don't know if you move on from him yet because who who the heck is even the backup there? I don't think you can move on from him. <laughs> I don't think I think that right. this season it's his team. Right. Right. I, I I think that that would be an overreaction to to bench him because then. You're not accomplishing anything, right? You have to finish out this year with him one way or the other mm -hmm. and figure out what you're going to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're all, they have some sort of like, I guess, deadline in their heads of saying he has to show us X, Y, and Z before week eight, 10, whatever you want to call it. before we start making plans about who we're scouting and, and how we're scouting them type of thing. Yep. Um, but it's, it also brings an excellent point of next year with the Cardinals, just looking ahead and, um, with their situation with Kyler Murray and and potentially Caleb Williams, what do you do there? Do you and I know obviously looking ahead is a little premature and whatnot, but it, it just that's where my head kind of goes, yeah. type of thing. I, um, I, I can answer that for you because I'm I'm not a Kyler Murray fan. Neither am I by not any means. Nope. Um, so I'm all about kicking him to the curb. Right. Uh, I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, who would even take that contract? On? I, I don't that's, know. That's the type I don't of thing know. that. Yeah, uh, like luckily for the Chicago right now, Justin Fields is still on his rookie contract, so yep. that that's a lot easier to move instead of like Kyler Murray with all those years and all that money yep. uh, going on there. But yeah, I, Chicago is definitely in a better position than the Cardinals were. Yeah, I, I mean, we could talk about him at length, but like mm -hmm. to me. You knew everything that you needed to know about Kyler Murray the second that story came out about the clause in his contract that, that required so. him to watch film. Right. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, that's just not, if you have to do that, that's not your guy. Right. That is not your guy that that is your franchise leader. And so, you know, we're shifting shifting gears here from the Bears to the Cardinals for right. a minute. But, um, no, I, I think that yeah, the I, Cardinals definitely are doing the right thing by by maybe not so secretly tanking for for Caleb Williams right absolutely yeah I agree with it yep all right so my overreactions my first one the Bengals will miss will miss the playoffs that's a tough one because they're in a tough division they're and you got the Ravens there at 2-0 now they're, the, they're so they're 0-2 with two division losses they're 0-2 right. in their division after two weeks yeah and Browns Ravens Ravens are 2-0 Browns play tomorrow Monday night um, we're recording Sunday obviously yeah so, um, yeah, yeah, then that AFC is just loaded. Starting 0 and 2 is really crippling, especially how they've looked in terms of uh, their offense. Um, they, they just have not been able to sustain drives or whatnot. I, I'm going to go with this is not an overreaction. I think they're in real, they're in a real um, realm of hurt right now in terms of what they can do. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of positives coming out of that offense, even though Joe Burrow's um, is trying to work back. From that calf injury, and I think he was he, he was, was limping, limping at the end of the game yep. today. That was what I was going to say. I next. think he got re yeah. re re aggravated that a little bit. So, uh, in terms of how <laughs> how you want to approach the rest of the season, whether you're going to call it a wash and try to take care of Joe Burrow as, as much as possible, 
or or you try to go all in type of thing because your window i guess is closing especially the the more you the more at length we get into joe burrow's contract the higher his cap hit it's it limits your resources financially in, in terms of building around them. So, and it's just going to be one of those things where you're going to have to make a decision. And, but starting zero and two is just really, it, it, it's a big crutch on <laughs> on your playoff playoff chances, especially in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say for them, they started zero and two last year, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. then we all know where they ended up, which was the AFC Championship game. But right. um, they just they just look. Yeah, they don't look. They don't anything. look explosive. Right. They have no rhythm. Burrow doesn't look like himself. Obviously, we talked about him walking off with a limp at the end of the game. Right. Um. So I'm concerned about them. I'm concerned about them, and that that kind of transitions into my next question for you. Mm-hmm. Um. Is the AFC not as strong as we initially thought? Is that an overreaction? Because, and here's why I say that. Obviously, the Bengals are zero two. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are zero two. Excuse me. Chargers are zero two. Chargers. Yep. Chiefs are one and one, but them and the Jaguars, neither of them looked phenomenal today. Yeah. I was so excited to watch that game today, and I was bored out of my mind at one point because it was fumble after fumble, punt after punt, interception. Like uh-huh. It just was not a smooth game to watch at all. Right. And neither of those offenses looked like looked fluid. Travis Kelsey had a couple drops. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when you talk about the Chargers are 0-2, the Broncos are 0-2, Bengals, um, you know, Chiefs and, and Jaguars maybe not looking as solid as we thought. We already talked about the Bills. I don't know. I just feel like maybe that was one that was an overreaction in the beginning in the the, the preseason. Mm-hmm. It was that everybody was as high on the AFC as as they as they were. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, in terms of the AFC, I I guess coming off of last year, it's hard to match up because obviously every team's trying to improve and whatnot. Um I guess with the Bengals going 0-2, I guess you can kind of say the rest of the division or the rest of the conference, I should say, uh, is catching up to them. Um, obviously, Jacksonville is, is improved. Um, they didn't look at today kind of offensively. Trevor Lawrence definitely didn't look Trevor lawrence I guess, no. <laughs> for, for lack of a better term. But, yeah, it's just one of those things where, yeah, maybe the AFC is taking a little bit longer to, to it, I guess, adjust with the offensive schemes that they – they that they showed last year but they're definitely looking more i've always thought the afc was more like a ground and pound type of thing especially because of the afc north that's like the first thing that comes to mind is that ground and pound type of thing yep and the afc has just always been that way and obviously with the jets <laughs> not not to well that fun. plays a, that plays a big yeah. part in it right not not um, yeah. to poke fun at them, 100%. But like, you guys were looking at like quarterback issues for a very long time until rogers but now it's it's become one of those things where you you have to ground and pound yep so and it's just one of those things where Obviously, ground and pound isn't as, as, for lack of a better term, sexy and as attractive to to audiences like us to to watch the watch the game. But it's definitely one of those things where defenses are, are definitely trying to catch up, and it looks like they are. Um, you got Jim Schwartz over there. I, I I'm very high on Jim Schwartz over there in Cleveland, and then you got um over here. We're watching the game right now. Uh, Miami and New England. Vic Fangio, a long time long time defensive coordinators, adjusting and and playing advantage with their with their personnel type of thing. So for me, the AFC might not be as strong as last year, but at the same time, I think they're, they're it's definitely a toss-up of you got like nine good teams there that can really make a run during the postseason. So I'll I'll say it's an overreaction for now um, okay. because I think they have a lot, a lot of teams that can make that run to the Super Bowl and win it all. But 
in terms of right now, they, they definitely haven't looked um, as explosive and as attractive as they did last year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so we're going to do our power rankings, right? We're each going to go one through five and just list um, through through the first two weeks who we think is the, is the top five in the NFL. Right. Um, so I'll let you go first. Okay. So number one, I got the 49ers. Okay. I think they just have a really great balance of offensive, defensive uh, schemes and personnel. So for me, 49ers look like a clear-cut uh, Super Bowl favorite there. Okay. Number two, I got the Eagles. Then higher power. How, High-powered offense. Uh, we saw that on Thursday night against Minnesota. Um, so I got the Eagles up there. Um, obviously, coming back after a Super Bowl loss, trying to avenge that. Number three, I got the Cowboys. The Cowboys are really looking very impressive over the course of the first two weeks. Uh, 40-0 against the Giants, and then obviously today, 30-10 against the Jets, especially against that, that superb defense that the Jets have. So I have them at three. Number four, I got the Ravens. Um, even though with all those injuries, they're still pounding out wins. John Harbaugh is just just that that coach. He's that dude who will always keep producing uh, players regardless of where they are in terms of injuries. And then five, I got the Chiefs coming back in. Um, obviously, they, they haven't looked impressive the first two weeks, um, but I think it'll be one of those things where it'll, they'll ramp up during midseason form. Um, so I, I, to me, you can't count out the Super Bowl champions. Yep. Okay, so I'm on board with all that. Um, I had one team. I didn't have the Ravens in there Mm -hmm. um, only because I needed to see more from Lamar Mm -hmm. um, before I do that. Obviously, I picked them to win the Super Bowl, right? but they don't look like they have an offense yet to do that. Um, They're 2-0. That's great. I'm I'm feeling good about that from that perspective, but um, I need to see a little bit more from Lamar before I I throw them in there, um, me personally. Um, So number one, and I actually have made a change. Since we've been sitting here, you call an audible. I called you're, an audible. You're calling okay, an audible. I just okay. I had I, I kept the teams the same. I just switched up the order. Omaha. Okay. Omaha, okay. All right. So, <laughs> um, number one, I had the Dolphins. You had the Dolphins. I'm sitting here watching this game, and the Dolphins they scare the crap out of me. The Dolphins <laughs> have the best offense in the NFL. Uh-huh. They, I don't, I can't think of a team right now that can outscore them. I wanted to put the Dolphins in here, but I, I didn't want to put them in there without seeing them against New England first. Like a complete I mean, game. and New England supposedly has a really, really good defense. Right. Um, Bill Belichick's always Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah. See, they're always he's always going to take away what you do best, which is the deep ball right. um, for for Miami specifically, and they are just dinking and dunking and throwing all these little these little gadget routes all over the field. Right now at halftime, they're up seventeen to three um, against against New England. Is all, Miami's biggest? I guess crutches themselves to be honest. I think I read a, a stat on there that, that they're fourth most penalized team on an NFL. I mean, obviously it's week two, but at the same time, the only people who are going to stop you on offense is yourselves. If you get holding calls, if yep. you get offensive pass interference and all this little ticky, ticky tack stuff, it's going to put you in first and long, second and long type of stuff. And obviously you have the weapons to overcome that, but obviously you don't want to play from at that sort of position. Yep. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's only okay. a one, uh, one and a half games of right. football for I, them right now, but I've already seen enough to put them number one. I like it. Um, I, I think <laughs> I think that they are are really really good. Legit. Yeah. Um, all right, number two. This is all, from here. It's pretty similar to what you have, right? Okay. So I have the Niners at two. I have Dallas three. I have them ahead of the Eagles. Okay. Um, just because the Eagles haven't looked impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the uh, the Eagles at four, and then the Chiefs. 
Um, so pretty similar to you with, with really the one exception being the Dolphins and the Ravens and then a little right. bit different order. Right. One thing I wanted to talk about with the Eagles real quick, mm-hmm. and I almost put this in one of my top stories because I feel like it could be potentially a sneaky story. Are you going to go with A.J. Brown? I am going to go with A.J. <laughs> oh, Brown. Oh, I didn't read that line. Yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So I think that that could be a sneaky story throughout the season. Uh-huh. Um, for those who didn't see the game um, on Thursday, Thursday Night Football, Eagles and Vikings, the Eagles were up. Uh, pretty handily at this point. I don't know. I can't remember what the score of the game was. I want to say it was a, it was before it got close, right? It was like a two, two or two possession game. Yeah. Um, you know, the Eagles were, were rolling offensively and there was a pretty animated. I don't want to, I don't know if I call it heated, but animated conversation between AJ Brown, um, and, um, Jalen hurts. And, you know, there was a lot of conversation in the national media afterwards, after the game, uh, the next day. And I tend to agree, like, like, what is A.J. Brown doing right. when he's when he's complaining about getting touches when when you're winning? winning right. If you're losing that game, heck yeah. Like, go Give, to him and yeah, say, throw me, throw me the dang ball. One thousand percent. I'm on board with that. But you guys are up and you're up big. Like, dude, shut your mouth and play the game. <laughs> and so I, if that develops any sort of chemistry issues mm-hmm. with with him and Jalen Hurts. Um, that could be, that could be a big story throughout the year. Um, just because, I mean, if you, he, he had a subpar week one as well. Um, he didn't, I don't think he has a touchdown at all yet. He had no. one, uh, Thursday called back because right. of a uh, penalty, uh, holding call. Um, but I think that that, that's something to watch throughout the, the season because that to me, I, I, it says a lot about AJ Brown to be, right, to, right. Be, to be very transparent. Like, I mean, if you're going to be sitting there complaining about your touches when you guys are winning, right? Like what, what are you going to do when it gets bad and you guys are actually losing? Right. Exactly. I mean, it goes back to, uh, um, I mean, you've been saying it since day one wide receiver or they're divas, or divas yeah. yeah, type of thing. And I guess this just is more evidence to, to the kettle type of thing. Um, it, yeah. AJ Brown, that's not, it's not a good look for AJ Brown. Um, obviously with the Eagles in, in general, you have Devonte Smith to cover for that. Yep. Obviously, he had yep. two, um, two very long receptions. I think he had four catches for 130 plus yards or something. Yep. Um, it, it, he's had two really really good games. Yep. So you have a weapon there to to, I guess, make up for the lack of production that you're getting from AJ Brown. But at the same time, AJ Brown has to realize the defense is going to focus on you. You're you're you're. Uh, there's going to be some games where you're the distraction type of thing. You're the one who's going to make things open up for um, Smith, Dallas and, uh, Goddard, uh, Goddard, and then even DeAndre Swift. Uh, yep. Swift had like 28 attempts for like 100. Yeah, and, he had a huge game. Yeah, 170 yards or something. It, it was ridiculous. And so it's just one of those things where, yeah, you're not going to get the ball all every game, but at the same time, you got you to at least be a, like proud of yourself to be the be main a good focus. Te- be a good teammate. Yeah, be, be at the end of the day, be yeah, a good teammate. It's just one of those things where it's like, why are you even complaining like this is more of a sign of respect to you type of thing. Like we're going to allow you to be, we think you're the game changer here. We, yep. we, we think you're going to be the one who's going to put them over the top. Well, and, and not for nothing. It puts your quarterback in a position too, because what right. happened on that very next drive, Jalen Hurts started forcing it to him. You're right. And, and, you know, yeah. granted it didn't lead to an interception or a turnover, but what if it did? And it, and the only reason he was feeding you the ball was to stroke your ego. Right. You know Basically. what I mean? Then, so yeah. I just think that that, I, we could be making something out of nothing, but at the end of the day, I, I think it's very telling that he's that he's acting that way when they were up big. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, they'll try and try to get that settled down over the course of the week and with coaches and, and whatnot. So we'll, it'll be an interesting to see 
how his responses are in further games. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not a good look for right now. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So those are our power rankings. Um, we're going to go into our fantasy and apparently we're stealing this from somebody, but we're going to call this studs and duds. <laughs> <We're stealing this. laughs> um, uh, allegedly we're stealing that term from, from somewhere. I, I don't know who, but um, I'll let you go first. Who are your studs this week? Yeah. So I, uh, QB Daniel Jones. He, I wrote down Daniel Jones Daniel as well. Jones as well. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he he came back with a with a vengeance, but obviously, <laughs> like we talked about earlier, they didn't start off hot. But he came back with a rush TD. He came back with some uh, pass TDs. Um, that was the type of game from a fantasy perspective that you love. Yep. When absolutely. your quarterback is down big and he has to just go balls to the wall and just start throwing it all over the place. Absolutely. It's like music to your ears when you when you when you <laughs> see that. And yeah. That's exactly why. Like, like oh, they're down seventeen nothing. Like a old, bad opponent. Like bad old opponent? Matt yep. Stafford with the Lions. The oh. dude was always down and he was always throwing the ball and absolutely. and had crazy stat lines even though they got crushed. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, crash down, Jones. You still got to go out there and make those throws and make those plays and uh, to to produce. Yep. So obviously, last week he he, he was a dud. They didn't, Giants didn't score any points for anybody really. Yep. So and to come back and and just have that sort of game is really, um, I guess, um, encouraging for those people who uh, drafted Daniel Jones to be their QB one. Um, in terms of running backs, um, stud. I got Brian Robinson Jr. Obviously, yep. we 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 were I guess hesitant about drafting anybody on that commanders yeah. team. Yeah, but credits run. Well. Yeah, credits run very. He's got those guys playing hard. Um, Sam Howell is looking. I wouldn't say like the real deal, but he's looking very decent, decent, yeah. um, serviceable. Yep. Um, and I mean Terry, Terry McLaurin had a thirty yard uh, touchdown reception. Yep. So it's just one of those things where. They got the pieces that are that are coming together to 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 give you some stock in in fantasy. So, yep. and usually when it comes to those um, on on the fence type of uh, teams, the running back is usually the one who reaps the rewards because the running game is always something that's that's getting preached and wants to get um, implemented in every game plan, regardless. Yep. I mean, in terms of receivers, you can go to any receiver you want. Running back is usually you only have one or two of yeah, those. Yeah, it's, it's the consistent. So credit to Brian Robertson there. Uh, wide receivers, um, I still can't pronounce his name, but the guy from uh, the Rams, Puka. Oh uh, yeah, Nakua. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's Nakua. Nakua. Yeah, yeah. However you pronounce his name, guy balled out again and against the 49ers defense. Yeah, way to go. He had like 15 catches. 15. That's crazy. <laughs> so That's crazy. He, he's, Who the freak is this guy? I don't. Where did he come from? BYU <laughs> is what I heard. Is what I read. I should say. <laughs> so Storm and Mormon type of thing. Okay. Oh, so way to go to him. I I, I got Storm and Mormon. <laughs> Storm and Mormon. Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> so I mean, he's looking. He's looking like a really great. Oh, uh, I guess backup plan to Cooper Cup over there. You're right over there. That caught me off guard. That was so funny. Um, That's what they called Taysom Hill. I know. I know. Any moment that comes out of BYU. But, yeah, credit to Puka. (laughs) Puka. All right. Who are your your duds? My duds, I got uh, Justin Fields, Chicago. He's just not not producing at the level we we anticipated. I I was excited for that offense to come into the season. So it's it's really discouraging to see all that kind of go to waste type of thing. 
And then running back Joshua Kelly, uh, yeah, obviously I, I with wrote him down as well. Obviously with Eckler out, I had huge hopes for him this week. Huge expectations for him. Yep. I was gonna say the Titans' def- run defense isn't anything to sneeze that type of thing, but the way the Chargers kind of like run the ball, they're really effective running the ball, especially with Eckler for for a while. And then yeah, well, I mean, Josh, he, he took off last last week when Eckler was in the game, so you'd think that with him out, he right, you, you don't yeah. have any competition yeah. with the, for those touches, but. You, yeah, it's just one of those things. I guess it's just a bad matchup overall for with the Titans' um, rush defense. Um, wide receiver uh, Calvin Ridley, I had there. He didn't produce too much this year. It looked like the game plan was more towards Christian Kirk. Yeah. Unlike uh, last week, which was vice versa. Flopped. Yep. yep. So it's going to be one of those interesting things to keep an eye on. Um, because when I came into this fantasy season, I did say Trevor Lawrence to be is going to be that base. Um, in terms of how that fantasy production is um, directed. And obviously every team has the way they're going to direct it towards a wide receiver, a running back, or a quarterback. And Jacksonville looks like it's going to be Trevor Lawrence deciding who who's going to get the ball. Well, it's going to be Ridley on a certain day or it's going to be Kirk. And today just happened to be Kirk. So unfortunately for Ridley owners. Yeah. Um, and then tied in Kyle Pitts. He didn't produce uh, too Gosh, much. We again. are just same brain, dude. Same, same brain. Same thing? Same brain. Stop coughing. Um, we should talk about this ahead of time. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Who'd you get so I can pick somebody else? Yeah. Oh, no. But yeah, Kyle Pitts. I mean, Drake London didn't have a catch or anything. Two weeks in a row for Kyle Pitts. That's why I wrote right. him down. He had like 3.5 this week, and I think he had five point something points yeah, he last, week. last week. Either. Hardly anything. I mean, he's, he's a physical um, specimen, too. It's just one of those things where Ritter doesn't... He, and he's had a quote on it. I, I can't remember the exact quote, but he, he says, I, I'm, I'm not going to force the ball and stuff like that. I'm not going to pass the ball because right now I don't need to. Uh, like, I'll pass the ball when I when I feel the need to type of thing. So he's not out there going to look for to put fantasy numbers up and all that, all that jazz. But it's going to be definitely one of those headaches throughout the year of whether you're going to start a, a Falcon or not. But like I said, it's going to be one of those things – where the running game is always consistent. So um, Bijan Robinson owners. He um, had a great game. Yep. Bijan Robinson. They're, they're starting to realize he's probably the, the better runner between him and Algier. So you probably Bijan Robinson owners, whoever picked him in the first round. I, I think this is when you're going to start sit, reaping the, the benefits of the, of that. Uh, yep. Of that. Um, what you call it? Those, uh, that pick. Yep. Agreed. All right, so I wasn't as smart as you. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go based on position like you did. I didn't go quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Oh, I basically just did whoever. Yeah, whoever. Um, so my my two studs because I I wrote down Daniel Jones as well for my third. So uh-huh. um, the two that you didn't have, Keenan Allen um, and Mike Evans, both of them had basically just over and just shy of 30, 30 points right um, this week, and so and that's two weeks in a row for both of them that we've talked about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like Keenan Allen, if he stays healthy, he he's in store for a good year. Yeah, his biggest question is always health. Yep. yep. And Mike Evans, um, he's he and Baker Mayfield are really uh, backing me up I, I, with I, my uh, my Tampa Bay prediction so it, far. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys for that. I have nothing to say about that. Um, long season, long season, <laughs> but we'll see. And then my bus, I also had Joshua Kelly and Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. The only addition I wrote down there was Brees Hall. Um, just coming off of the game that he had on Monday where he was just dynamic. Right. He had a, a ton of long plays. They had the Jets as a whole had 170 rushing yards. Um, I think, you know, Brees Hall today had literally 0.9 fantasy points. Point, <laughs> point 0.9. Right. Um, which 
nobody on the Jets, uh, short of Garrett Wilson, did anything today. So um, All right, and, and, he'll bounce back. I'm not worried about that. I, I, but you know, he was he was definitely a bust today. Right. It, it definitely brings up to mind. I mean, last week, I wonder how much the Bills prepared for Aaron Rodgers type of thing, more of a throwing uh, type of game plan yeah. rather than running game plan, and that kind of backfired on because. It was, Obviously, Rodgers went down on four plays, and they just had to change their offensive scheme. And I don't think the Bills were ready for that. Obviously, you can't be ready for that. You don't expect the opposing player to to get injured that early in. But obviously, coming into the, today with the Cowboys, obviously you have a lot of playmakers on all, all levels there. Granted, Michael Parsons being definitely the biggest one there. And, and it, to their credit, uh, to his effect, he's on the defensive line. So he's the first one that's going to meet a running back there and the first one to get a quarterback in pass place. So it's just one of those things where I'm wondering if Brees Hall is going to bounce back as much as we hope he does, because the game planning is definitely going to be stop the run against the Jets. Well, that's, that's, what, I, that's what I was just going to say. Everybody in the state of Texas knew that the Jets yeah. game plan today was going to be just run the ball. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really good point and something to look out for, um, look out for next week. So, right. Um, all right, those are our studs and duds. Um, so we're going to wrap up the episode by making our picks for um, for next week. So as of right now, we I went one and one again last week. Um, the game I got wrong was my upset pick. In fairness to me, I picked the Jets over the Cowboys pre Aaron Rodgers injury. Yeah. Um, so I probably would not have picked that um, had Rodgers <laughs> been unhealthy on Sunday, but it is what it is. Right. Um, Jeff was two and zero last week with his pick. So he's sitting at four and zero for four the week or o. for the, for the season. And I'm sitting at two four. and two. Um, so I'll let you go with your picks this week. Okay. So I got for my lock, I got the Cowboys over the Cardinals. Yep. Uh, I, I just think the Cardinals think that's are be, pretty safe. Yeah. I think the Cardinals is going to be overmatched on that one. And then the upset, I got the saints over the Packers. The Packers are two and a half point favorites. Yep. Um, they're in green Bay. So, Obviously, the Saints play tomorrow. It's kind of a homer pick, but I think the Saints I think that's definitely a good one, though. Uh, yeah, I, think I definitely think the, the Saints definitely have the weapons and the defense to to travel uh, to Green Bay. Obviously, not having Kamara there is going to that's probably the one game that I'm, I'm most, I guess, afraid of with not having Kamara there because um, Jordan Love's looked pretty he's good. Looked really good. He, he looks yeah. he's looked three really touchdowns good. again today. Yep. So two two weeks in a row where he has three three touchdowns. So their offense looks really good. Um, their defense uh, is being a little bit left to desire, but at the same time, they, they didn't have much answers or any answers really for Desmond Ritter running. So, and that's one of those things where Derek Carr is not a mobile quarterback. But um, at the same time, I still feel like the Saints have that defense to to kind of infuse problems with Jordan Love. So okay. that, that'll be my upset pick for okay. next week. Uh, my lock is the the Dolphins over the Broncos. Um, I think that, that's pretty self-explanatory. I think the Dolphins are really good. I think the Broncos <laughs> are not that good. Um, so I feel pretty pretty confident right. about that one. My upset is the Vikings over the Chargers. Chargers are favored by a point. A point. Um, so that's you know that's a pretty even game. Mm. Um, but as far as you know, strictly upsets are concerned, the Vikings are technically the underdog. And I'm I think I'm more high on the Vikings right now than I am the Chargers um, as a whole. Yeah, I mean, one question I'm gonna have is. Like obviously coming in, I, I had major issues with the Vikings defense, and I have no issues with the Chargers offense. To be honest, well, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be one of those things where it's going to be a, a big mis- mismatch type yeah. of thing. So it'll be interesting to watch. But I definitely 
Vikings definitely have the offense to kind of take advantage. That's also. why. So that's why I picked them because they put up was it twenty eight points on the Eagles, who have a really really good defense. Yeah. Kirk had a great stat line. You know his whole he's known for you know bombing in primetime games, and right. he played great. He was not the reason they lost on 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 Thursday. Right. Um. And so their offense seems to be in stride, whereas in in the opposite effect, the Chargers put up what was it twenty two points I think today today. Um. You know, they the Chargers' offense is is not. You know, we talked about that at the beginning of the show. They're underperforming as of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I made that pick. But you know, we'll see. Um, you're kicking my butt so far in these picks, but we'll see. <laughs> right now, we'll see what happens right next now. week. So, all right. So we didn't get a chance to talk to about the Saints this week because they play tomorrow. Okay, so we'll we'll maybe recap their uh, their game next week, or if you want to do an instant re- reaction um, after their game tomorrow. You're more than welcome to do that. I'll be at work, so well, that's I, true. That's I, true. I'm, <laughs> and nobody will more than likely tear their Achilles and have a dramatic game like um, last Monday. I guess. Uh, I, guess. I, I hope not. I hope I hope everybody stays healthy and we win pretty comfortably. Yeah, <laughs> that's the hope. I think you will. <laughs> I think I think they will. So, um, all right, that is our week two show. Our week two recap. Um, it was a good week, eventful week. Lots, lots of going on, and um, we're we're in the thick of it. I feel like football season. We're officially in football season, right? After week one, week one was kind of fun and exciting. It's here now. Two weeks are in the books, and we're we're in it. Yeah, you this know? is where you, you start seeing how these teams are going to start shaping out during the course of the year, and this is where like the real, I guess, the real season starts. Yep, midseason, no doubt. Yep. All right, so we will see you next week for our week three recap. See ya. Thanks for listening to What Did They Know podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media outlets to see future episode details. And don't forget to send in any questions or topics that you want to see the guys discuss in their weekly episodes to come.